1: Hello and welcome to Top 5, the patreon only podcast where I, Earl sit down with a good buddy and we discuss the top five of a topic of our choice. And today, it's my good friend, it's Justin Hamilton. Hey!
0: I was wrapped when you sent me the message and uh, you suggested the topic and I was like, I feel like I've been waiting for this topic all my life. Right. So the topic is the top five
1: movies that as a child melted our brains or, yeah. you know, changed how we thought about The world as a whole. Now, do you remember, if it's in your list, don't say it now, but do you remember the very first cinema experience you had?
0: Oh, that is a really good question. I, I honestly don't know what my first was, but I feel like one of my earliest, and it's not in my list, was. Would you remember they put the pilot to Battlestar Galactica in cinemas here? No. Yeah. So I, this must have been after Star Wars because I saw Star Wars at the cinema. Yeah. So but it was the first time I sat in a cinema and it rumbled with the with the volume of the spaceships and everything mm-hmm. and having that visceral effect of like, "Oh, yep. what is happening here?" Yeah. I still remember like
1: and it's still something I get excited about when I go to the cinema now, especially with my kids. When the curtain, after they've showed the trailers, the curtain goes out a bit more and you yes. see the full screen. It is something about that. And I think cinemas know that's a very, like, everyone gets "Oh, now it's about to happen, and that kind of excitement kicks in.
0: Yeah, it's like you get the curtains for the adverts, you get yep. the curtains for the trailers, yep. and then you get no curtains for the movie. Yeah,
1: so I, I have it now. My, my kids are both now, like, for ages they didn't like going to the cinema. I think that just too long, just too long for them. Right. But now... They're very keen to go, and there's a new cinema that's opened up near us as well. And so it's like every weekend, if there's a good kids' movie, we're going. So, like oh. it's lots of fun. or well, I think for Henry, it's mainly he gets to eat his body weight in popcorn. But apart yeah. from that, like yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's really handy having a cinema nearby. That's oh, great. So good. It's cheap too. It's only fifteen bucks. It's great. Oh, all right. So I'll I'll kick us off with the. This is the first movie I ever saw at the cinema. Yes. And. In Burnie, it was a Village Cinema 1. So just one screen. It was such an old, dusty screen. I remember, this is years later, I watched The Wedding Singer on that screen. And then when I was in Launceston for something I was doing and thought, oh, I'll go watch that movie again. I had time to kill. I'll go watch it again. And the clarity was so much better in Launceston. I realized that, oh, the Bernie screen is so bad. It's a really bad cinema. But so... <laughs> When I was a kid, though, I didn't know that. It was just, this is the cinema. It's the, big, it's the big screen. So the first movie I ever watched at the cinema was Milo and Otis. Oh. And I don't know how big the cinema was in Bernie. I'd say it's about maybe 300 seats because it was top and bottom. Yeah. So it may have even be more. But I, as a child, I would have been like four, five, what around that age, remember a line down the street of kids and their parents going to see, and I'm like, I remember it being past the block like down the street across the road on the other side but it couldn't have been because that's not like only 300 people it's there's no way that it was that long <laughs> but I remember it being so long like the
0: longest line I'd ever seen as a kid oh yeah there was a people might not uh, think that this is real but there was a time when sometimes you'd go to see a movie and it was sold out
1: yeah <laughs> You just turned up. You didn't realise. Yeah, you couldn't
0: get in. So maybe maybe it
1: was. And then you'd go and see a movie you didn't really want to see and go, oh, this will do.
0: This will be fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You'd roll the dice on something else just because you'd made the effort. But I remember – so my notice, if you don't know it, if you're a lot younger than I am, so it's two animals, a dog and a cat, and they are lost and they just try and find their way back home. It's a lot like Homeward Bound and a lot of the other ones but there are so many stories about animal cruelty in the making of that. And <laughs> there's different narrators for different... So I think they had local narrators. So I right. think John from PlaySchool was the narrator here in Australia, I seem to recall. Uh, I don't know who the UK one was, but every every country had their own narrator of it.
0: Oh, really? I did not know that. So that's kind of like for uh, people who have never seen the movie. It's like in... Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when Steve looks at his list of things that he has to catch up on, Australia had their own version, which was things like Tim Tams and things like that. But and so you had a different narrator. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's so fu- I didn't know that about uh, Captain America. That is,
1: yeah, a very funny thing that you'd go, I will do it for, for the regions. We'll give them a little bit of something. Because there's right. always that thing when you, when you see, like The Simpsons is the Great Example, the Australian episode. Where you're like Yeah, Oh no, nah, that's not what we're like. And there is that when any like country like any T V American T V show for instance talks about Australia, it does make yeah. me go, Oh, what are they saying? Or if it's really local, like Melbourne, when I was in Melbourne, it's like, Oh, what are they saying about Melbourne? Like yeah. I think the good place was another example of that with the very bad accents
0: when they're at the Sydney University. And right. yeah. It's great. Well, you know, the uh, people who might know me uh, know that I'm a big fan of the TV series The Leftovers. And I was fascinated by, because the last season is a lot of it set in Australia. And one of the things that they did very well was they nailed that very specific Aboriginal sense of humour. Yeah. And it was, I was so impressed by it. And it was one of the characters. Talking to David Goldpil, talking about, I've got to bring the reins, you know, to restart the world and all of this kind of stuff. And he talks for ages. And then at the end of it, Goldpil's like, you, you want to uh, fix things? Yeah, you can start with the air conditioning, mate. And <laughs> <laughs> next minute, this guy's on the roof fixing the air conditioning. And it's, it is, it it made me love the series even more because yeah. they got that right. Yeah. Because it can be cringy, can't yeah. it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's when you, when you hear your accent back to you and it's not quite right. And you're like, yeah. it's not what we sound like in Melbourne or Sydney or wherever it is. All
0: right, that yeah. was my number five. Your number five, hammer Okay, so I'm going in order of uh, the years that the movies came out, just to get you across yep. it. Now, I am certain that I – I don't think I saw this movie in 1979, but the movie was Murder by Decree. And it was Christopher Plummer and James Mason playing Sherlock Holmes and Watson, and they're after Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And it was based on the idea that we've seen subsequently in other movies where Jack the Ripper was doing the work on behalf of the Queen to cover up the illegitimate child. And I had just never seen anything like it before. And it was really kind of got that really English ass. Uh, Beautiful sense of humor, funny in parts, but then this real gravitas. And it was the first time as a kid where I watched anything, and I was like, "Could the royal family be corrupt? Yeah, <laughs> like is that what's happening here? Like this is such a mind blowing idea that anyone in a position of power, yeah, could be corrupt." See, it's so
1: funny. So how some stories really do cut through because in the eighties and nineties, Jack the Ripper was a constant theme for stories or even a a reference as well jack the ripper was always like just around yeah and it's and i i forget who there's an american comedian who has a bit about he did the jack the ripper tour and then realized he only killed six people and you're like oh is that all oh in in the states we've got people He's more of that. Like, and he he talks about how he had that kind of pride of America. Yeah, we are good at mass murdering. But yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It was um, and it, what, what a what a weird uh kind of little tour to do. It it was yeah. it was I think it was five female sex workers. Yeah, you know, and that's and you're going around. And go, oh, a person was murdered here. Great, you yeah. know. But it was the thing is is it was it was never solved. And there was you know, there's the letter that he signed From Hell, yeah. which was the inspiration for Alan Moore's graphic novel.
1: I also think the name is a it's a good name. It's a catchy name. Yes. Jack the Ripper. Which Jack is the Ripper. Like, like and I think really important if like I think it was the Golden State killer, like had a different name and then they've changed the name and then it got more interest in the yes. case and it got solved. It's to be like, wrestlers. The Rock wasn't always The Rock.
0: He was something else first. People
1: are like, I don't know who that is. Like, I, right. I,
0: I'll, I'll remember The Rock. Yeah. Right. Maybe Jack the Ripper killed other people and he first sent in, yeah. oh, I'm Gary the murderer. <laughs> I'm like, Fuck Gary. I don't care about that. But also, not only was Jack the Ripper in our consciousness, but to have him go up against Sherlock Holmes. I know. Like That yeah. was, and Christopher Plummer is like, magic. Uh, there's a scene with uh, oh, what's his name uh, Donald Sutherland yep. Donald Sutherland is a psychic who's who's seen things and he's been shattered by the experience and I reckon, I haven't seen it in a long time but I have a very strong confidence that if I rewatched it now I reckon it would still be tickety-boo Yep. <laughs>